Chapter Fourteen of Sentimental Education. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Sentimental Education by Gustave Flaubert. Chapter Fourteen The Barricade. Part Two martinon tried to reassure him the conservative party in a little while would certainly be able to take its revenge in several cities the commissioners of the provisional government had been driven away the elections were not to occur till the twenty third of april there was plenty of time in short it was necessary for m dambrus to present himself personally in the aube and from that time forth martinon no longer left his side became his secretary and was as attentive to him as any son could be frederick arrived at rosinette's house in a very self-complacent mood delmar happened to be there and told him of his intention to stand as a candidate at the seine elections in a placard addressed to the people in which he addressed them in the familiar manner which one adopts towards an individual the actor boasted of being able to understand them and of having in order to save them got himself crucified for the sake of art so that he was the incarnation the ideal of the popular spirit believing that he had in fact such enormous power over the masses that he proposed by and by when he occupied a ministerial office to quell any outbreak by himself alone and with regard to the means he would employ he gave this answer never fear i'll show them my head frederick in order to mortify him gave him to understand that he was himself a candidate the mummer from the moment that his future colleagues aspired to represent the province declared himself his servant and offered to be his guide to the various clubs they visited them or nearly all the red and the blue the furious and the tranquil the puritanical and the licentious the mystical and the intemperate those that had voted for the death of kings and those in which the frauds in the grocery trade had been denounced and everywhere the tenants cursed the landlords the blouse was full of spite against broadcloth and the rich conspired against the poor many wanted indemnities on the ground that they had formerly been martyrs of the police others appealed for money in order to carry out certain inventions or else there were plans of phalansteria projects for cantonal bazaars systems of public felicity then here and there a flash of genius amid these clouds of folly sudden as splashes the law formulated by an oath and flowers of eloquence on the lips of some soldier-boy with a shoulder-belt strapped over his bare shirtless chest sometimes too a gentleman made his appearance an aristocrat of humble demeanour talking in a plebeian strain and with his hands unwashed so as to make them look hard a patriot recognised him the most virtuous mobbed him and he went off with rage in his soul on the pretext of good sense it was desirable to be always disparaging the advocates and to make use as often as possible of these expressions to carry his stone to the building social problem workshop 
delmar did not miss the opportunities afforded him for getting in a word and when he no longer found anything to say his device was to plant himself in some conspicuous position with one of his arms akimbo and the other in his waistcoat turning himself round abruptly in profile so as to give a good view of his head then there were outbursts of applause which came from mademoiselle Madnaz at the lower end of the hall frederick in spite of the weakness of orators did not dare to try the experiment of speaking all those people seemed to him too unpolished or too hostile but du sardier made inquiries and informed him that there existed in the rue saint-jacques a club which bore the name of the club of intellect such a name gave good reason for hope besides he would bring some friends there he brought those whom he had invited to take punch with him the bookkeeper the traveller in wines and the architect even pellerin had offered to come and Houssonet would probably form one of the party and on the footpath before the door stood rejambar with two individuals the first of whom was his faithful compagne a rather thick-set man marked with smallpox and with bloodshot eyes and the second an ape-like negro exceedingly hairy and whom he knew only in the character of a patriot from barcelona they passed through a passage and were then introduced into a large room no doubt used by a joiner and with walls still fresh and smelling of plaster four argent lamps were hanging parallel to each other and shed an unpleasant light on a platform at the end of the room there was a desk with a bell underneath it a table representing the rostrum and on each side two others somewhat lower for the secretaries the audience that adorned the benches consisted of old painters of daubs ushers and literary men who could not get their works published in the midst of those lines of paletot with greasy collars could be seen here and there a woman's cap or a workman's linen smock the bottom of the apartment was even full of workmen who had in all likelihood come there to pass away an idle hour and who had been introduced by some speakers in order that they might applaud frederick took care to place himself between du sardier and rejambar who was scarcely seated when he leaned both hands on his walking-stick and his chin on his hands and shut his eyes whilst at the other end of the room delmar stood looking down at the assembly senecal appeared at the president's desk the worthy bookkeeper thought frederick would be pleased at this unexpected discovery it only annoyed him the meeting exhibited great respect for the president he was one who on the twenty fifth of february had desired an immediate organization of labor on the following day at the prado he had declared himself in favor attacking the hotel de ville and as every person at that period took some model for imitation one copied saint-just another danton another marat as for him he tried to be like blanqui who imitated robespierre his black gloves and his hair brushed back gave him a rigid aspect exceedingly becoming he opened the proceedings with the declaration of the rights of man and of the citizen a customary act of faith then a vigorous voice struck up barangers souvent near du peuple other voices were raised no no not that la casquette the patriots at the bottom of the apartment began to howl and they sang in chorus the favorite lines of the period doff your hat before my cap 
kneel before the working man at a word from the president the audience became silent one of the secretaries proceeded to inspect the letters some young men announced that they burned a number of the ensemble national every evening in front of the pantheon and they urged on all patriots to follow their example bravo adopted responded the audience the citizen jean-jacques langrenoux a printer in the rue dauphin would like to have a monument raised to the memory of the martyrs of thermidor michel Evariste, nepomacen ex-professor gave expression to the wish that the european democracy should adopt unity of language a dead language might be used for that purpose as for example improved latin no no latin exclaimed the architect why said the college usher and these two gentlemen engaged in a discussion in which the others also took part each putting in a word of his own for effect and the conversation on this topic soon became so tedious that many went away but a little old man who wore at the top of his prodigiously high forehead a pair of green spectacles asked permission to speak in order to make an important communication it was a memorandum on the assessment of taxes the figures flowed on in a continuous stream as if they were never going to end the impatience of the audience found vent at first in murmurs in whispered talk he allowed nothing to put him out then they began hissing they cat called him senecal called the persons who were interrupting to order the orator went on like a machine it was necessary to catch him by the shoulder in order to stop him the old fellow looked as if he were waking out of a dream and placidly lifting his spectacles said pardon me citizens pardon me i'm going a thousand excuses frederick was disconcerted with the failure of the old man's attempts to read this written statement he had his own address in his pocket but an extemporaneous speech would have been preferable finally the president announced that they were about to pass on to the important matter the electoral question they would not discuss the big republican lists however the club of intellect had every right like every other to form one with all respect for the pashas of the hotel de ville and the citizens who solicited the popular mandate might set forth their claims go on now said dusardier a man in a cassock with woolly hair and a petulant expression on his face had already raised his hand he said with a stutter that his name was du Creteau, priest and agriculturalist and that he was the author of a work entitled manures he was told to send it to a horticultural club then a patriot in a blouse climbed up into the rostrum he was a plebeian with broad shoulders a big face very mild-looking with long black hair he cast on the assembly an almost voluptuous glance flung back his head and finally spreading out his arms you have repelled du Creteau, o my brothers and you have done right but it was not through irreligion for we are all religious many of those present listened open-mouthed with the air of catechumens and in ecstatic attitudes it is not either because he is a priest for we too are priests the workman is a priest just as the founder of socialism was the master of us all jesus christ the time had arrived to inaugurate the kingdom of god the gospel led directly to eighty nine after the abolition of slavery the abolition of the proletariat they had had the age of hate the age of love was about to begin christianity is the keystone and the foundation of the new edifice you are making game of us exclaimed the traveller in wines who has given me such a priest's cap 
this interruption gave great offence nearly all the audience got on benches and shaking their fists shouted atheist aristocrat low rascal whilst the president's bell kept ringing continuously and the cries of order order redoubled but aimless and moreover fortified by three cups of coffee which he had swallowed before coming to the meeting he struggled in the midst of the others what i an aristocrat come now when at length he was permitted to give an explanation he declared that he would never be at peace with the priests and since something had just been said about economical measures it would be a splendid one to put an end to the churches the sacred pyxes and finally all creeds somebody raised the objection that he was going very far yes i am going very far but when a vessel is caught suddenly in a storm without waiting for the conclusion of this simile another made a reply to his observation granted but this is to demolish at a single stroke like a mason devoid of judgment you are insulting the masons yelled a citizen covered with plaster and persisting in the belief that provocation had been offered to him he vomited forth insults and wished to fight clinging tightly to the bench whereon he sat it took no less than three men to put him out meanwhile the workmen still remained on the rostrum the two secretaries gave him an intimation that he should come down he protested against the injustice done to him you shall not prevent me from crying out eternal love to our dear france eternal love all to the republic citizens said campin after this citizens and by dint of repeating citizens having obtained a little silence he leaned on the rostrum with his two red hands which looked like stumps bent forward his body and blinking his eyes i believe that it would be necessary to give a larger extension to the calf's head all who heard him kept silence fancying that they had misunderstood his words yes the calf's head three hundred laughs burst forth at the same time the ceiling shook at the sight of all these faces convulsed with mirth campan shrank back he continued in an angry tone what you don't know what the calf's head is it was a paroxysm a delirium they held their sides some of them even tumbled off the benches to the ground with convulsions of laughter campin not being able to stand it any longer took refuge beside rejambar and wanted to drag him away no i am remaining till tis all over said the citizen this reply caused frederick to make up his mind and as he looked about to the right and the left to see whether his friends were prepared to support him he saw pellerin on the rostrum in front of him the artist assumed a haughty tone in addressing the meeting i would like to get some notion as to who is the candidate amongst all these that represents art for my part i have painted a picture we have nothing to do with painting pictures was the churlish remark of a thin man with red spots on his cheekbones bellerin protested against this interruption but the other in a tragic tone ought not the government to make an ordinance abolishing prostitution and want and this phrase having at once won to his side the popular favour he thundered against the corruption of great cities shame and infamy we ought to catch hold of wealthy citizens on the way out of the maison d'or and spit in their faces unless it be that the government countenances debauchery but the collectors of the city dues exhibit towards our daughters and our sisters an amount of indecency a voice exclaimed some distance away this is blackguard language turn him out they extract taxes from us to pay for licentiousness thus the high salaries paid to actors help cried pellerin 
he leaped from the rostrum pushed everybody aside and declaring that he regarded such stupid accusations with disgust expatiated on the civilizing mission of the player inasmuch as the theatre was the focus of national education he would record his vote for the reform of the theatre and to begin with no more managements no more privileges yes of any sort the actor's performance excited the audience and people moved backwards and forwards knocking each other down no more academies no more institutes no missions no more bachelorships down with university degrees let us preserve them said senecal but let them be conferred by universal suffrage by the people the only true judge besides these things were not the most useful it was necessary to take a level which would be above the heads of the wealthy and he represented them as gorging themselves with crimes under their gilded ceilings while the poor writhing in their garrets with famine cultivated every virtue the applause became so vehement that he interrupted his discourse for several minutes he remained with his eyes closed his head thrown back and as it were lulling himself to sleep over the fury which he had aroused then he began to talk in a dogmatic fashion in phrases as imperious as laws the state should take possession of the banks and of the insurance offices inheritances should be abolished a social fund should be established for the workers many other measures were desirable in the future for the time being these would suffice and returning to the question of the elections we want pure citizens men entirely fresh let some one offer himself frederick arose there was a buzz of approval made by his friends but senecal assuming the attitude of a forquier tamville began to ask questions as to his christian name and surname his antecedents life and morals frederick answered succinctly and bit his lips senecal asked whether any one saw any impediment to this candidature no no but for his part he saw some all around him bent forward and strained their ears to listen the citizen who was seeking for their support had not delivered a certain sum promised by him for the foundation of a democratic journal moreover on the twenty second of february though he had had sufficient notice on the subject he had failed to be at the meeting-place in the place de Pantheon. i swear that he was at the tuileries exclaimed du sardier can you swear to having seen him at the Pantheon? du sardier hung down his head frederick was silent his friends scandalized regarded him with disquietude in any case senecal went on do you know a patriot who will answer to us for your principles i will said dusardier oh this is not enough another frederick turned round to pellerin the artist replied to him with a great number of gestures which meant ah my dear boy they have rejected myself the deuce what would you have thereupon frederick gave rejambar a nudge yes that's true tis time i'm going and rejambar stepped upon the platform then pointing towards the spaniard who had followed him allow me citizens to present to you a patriot from barcelona the patriot made a low bow rolled his gleaming eyes about and with his hand on his heart qui dadanos mucho aprecio el honor that you have bestowed on me however great may be the restra bondad mayor the restra intention i claim the right to speak cried frederick deste que se proclamo la constitution da cadiz es pacto fundamental a las libertades espanolas hasta la ultima revolucion nuestra patria cuenta numerosas y heroicos martires frederick once more made an effort to obtain a hearing but citizens the spaniard went on el martes proximo tendra lugar 
en la iglesia de la magdalena un servicio funebre in fact this is ridiculous nobody understands him this observation exasperated the audience turn him out turn him out who i asked frederick yourself said senecal majestically out with you he rose to leave in the voice of the iberian pursued him e totus los espanolas descarian ver ali reunas das las disputaciones de los clubs y de la milicia nacional honoracion funebre honor of the libertad española y del mundo entero will be pronunciado por un miembro del clero of paris en la sala bonne nouvelle honor al pueblo francis qui illa maria yo el primero pueblo del mundo sino fuese cuidadano de otra nacion aristo screamed one blackguard shaking his fist at frederick as the latter boiling with indignation rushed out into the yard adjoining the place where the meeting was held he reproached himself for his devotedness without reflecting that after all the accusations brought against him were just what fatal idea was this candidature but what asses what idiots he drew comparisons between himself and these men and soothed his wounded pride with the thought of their stupidity then he felt the need of seeing rosinette after such an exhibition of ugly traits and so much magniloquence her dainty person would be a source of relaxation she was aware that he had intended to present himself at the club that evening however she did not even ask him a single question when he came in she was sitting near the fire ripping open the lining of her dress he was surprised to find her thus occupied hallo what are you doing you can see for yourself said she dryly i am mending my clothes so much for this republic of yours why do you call it mine perhaps you want to make out that it's mine and she began to upbraid him for everything that had happened in france for the last two months accusing him of having brought about the revolution and with having ruined her prospects by making everybody that had money leave paris and that she would by and by be dying in a hospital it is easy for you to talk lightly about it with your yearly income however at the rate at which things are going on you won't have your yearly income long that may be said frederick the most devoted or always misunderstood and if one were not sustained by one's conscience the brutes that you mix yourself up with would make you feel disgusted with your own self-denial rosinette gazed at him with knitted brows eh what what self-denial monsieur has not succeeded it would seem so much the better it will teach you to make patriotic donations oh don't lie i know you have given them three hundred francs for this republic of yours has to be kept well amuse yourself with it my good man under this avalanche of abuse frederick passed from his former disappointment to a more painful disillusion he withdrew to the lower end of the apartment she came up to him look here think it out a bit in a country as in a house there must be a master otherwise everyone pockets something out of the money spent at first everybody knows that ledru rollin is head over ears in debt as for le martin how can you expect a poet to understand politics ah tis all very well for you to shake your head and to presume that you have more brains than others all the same what i say is true but you are always cavilling a person can't get in a word with you for instance there's fournier fontaine who had stores at saint roche do you know how much he failed for eight hundred thousand francs and gomer the packer opposite to him another republican that one he smashed the tongs on his wife's head and he drank so much absinthe that he is going to be put into a private asylum that's the way with the whole of them the republicans a republic at twenty-five per cent ah yes plume yourself upon it 
frederick shook himself off he was disgusted at the foolishness of this girl which revealed itself all at once in the language of the populace he felt himself even becoming a little patriotic once more the ill temper of rosinette only increased mademoiselle Vatenas, irritated him with her enthusiasm believing that she had a mission she felt a furious desire to make speeches to carry on disputes and sharper than rosinette in matters of this sort overwhelmed her with arguments one day she made her appearance burning with indignation against Houssonet, who had just indulged in some blackguard remarks at the women's club rosinette approved of this conduct declaring even that she would take men's clothes to go and give them a bit of her mind the entire lot of them and to whip them frederick entered at the same moment you'll accompany me won't you and in spite of his presence a bickering match took place between them one of them playing the part of a citizen's wife and the other of a female philosopher according to rosinette women were born exclusively for love or in order to bring up children to be housekeepers according to mademoiselle Vatnaz, women ought to have a position in the government in former times the gaulish women and also the anglo-saxon women took part in the legislation the squaws of the hurons formed a portion of the council the work of civilization was common to both it was necessary that all should contribute towards it and that fraternity should be substituted for egoism association for individualism and cultivation on a large scale for minute subdivision of land come that is good you know a great deal about culture just now why not besides it is a question of humanity of its future mind your own business this is my business they got into a passion frederick interposed the vatnaz became very heated and went so far as to uphold communism what nonsense said rosinette how could such a thing ever come to pass the other brought forward in support of her theory the examples of the essenes the moravian brethren the jesuits of paraguay the family of the pingans near tears in auvergne and as she gesticulated a great deal her gold chain got entangled in her bundle of trinkets to which was attached a gold ornament in the form of a sheep suddenly rosinette turned exceedingly pale mademoiselle vatnaz continued extricating her trinkets don't give yourself so much trouble said rosinette no i know your political opinions what replied the vatnaz with a blush on her face like that of a virgin oh oh you understand me frederick did not understand there had evidently been something taking place between them of a more important and intimate character than socialism and even though it should be so said the vatnaz in reply rising up unflinchingly tis alone my dear set off one debt against the other faith i don't deny my own debts i owe some thousands of francs a nice sum i borrow at least i don't rob any one mademoiselle vatnaz made an effort to laugh oh i would put my hand in the fire for him take care it is dry enough to burn the spinster held out her right hand to her and keeping it raised in front of her but there are friends of yours who find it convenient for them and delusions i suppose as castanets you beggar the marechal made her a low bow there's nobody so charming mademoiselle vatnaz made no reply beads of perspiration appeared on her temples her eyes fixed themselves on the carpet she panted for breath at last she reached the door and slamming it vigorously good-night you'll hear from me much i care said rosinette the effort of self-suppression had shattered her nerves she sank down on the divan shaking all over stammering forth words of abuse shedding tears was it this threat on the part of the vatnaz that had caused so much agitation in her mind oh no what did she care indeed about that one it was the golden sheep a present and in the midst of her tears the name of delmar escaped her lips so then she was in love with the mummer in that case why did she take home with me frederick asked himself how is it that he has come back again who compels her to keep me where is the sense of this sort of thing 
rosinette was still sobbing she remained all the time stretched at the edge of the divan with her right cheek resting on her two hands and she seemed a being so dainty so free from self-consciousness and so sorely troubled that he drew closer to her and softly kissed her on the forehead thereupon she gave him assurances of her affection for him the prince had just left her they would be free but she was for the time being short of money you saw yourself that this was so the other day when i was trying to turn my old linings to use no more equipages now and this was not all the upholsterer was threatening to resume possession of the bedroom and the large drawing-room furniture she did not know what to do frederick had a mind to answer don't annoy yourself about it i will pay but the lady knew how to lie experience had enlightened her he confined himself to mere expressions of sympathy rosinette's fears were not vain it was necessary to give up the furniture and to quit the handsome apartment in the rue through oh she took another on the boulevard poissonniere on the fourth floor the curiosities of her old boudoir were quite sufficient to give to the three rooms a coquettish air there were chinese blinds a tent on the terrace and in the drawing-room a second-hand carpet still perfectly new with ottomans covered with pink silk frederick had contributed largely to these purchases he had felt the joy of a newly married man who possesses at last a house of his own a wife of his own and being much pleased with the place he used to sleep there nearly every evening one morning as he was passing out through the ante-room he saw on the third floor on the staircase the shako of a national guard who was ascending it where in the world was he going frederick waited the man continued his progress up the stairs with his head slightly bent down he raised his eyes it was my lord arnoux the situation was clear they both reddened simultaneously overcome by a feeling of embarrassment common to both arnoux was the first to find a way out of the difficulty she is better isn't that so as if rosinette were ill and he had come to learn how she was frederick took advantage of this opening yes certainly at least so i was told by her maid wishing to convey that they had not been allowed to see her then they stood facing each other both undecided as to what they would do next and eyeing one another intently the question now was which of the two was going to remain or knew once more solved the problem pshaw i'll come back by and by where are you going i'll go with you and when they were in the street he chatted as naturally as usual unquestionably he was not a man of jealous disposition or else he was too good-natured to get angry besides his time was devoted to serving his country he never left off his uniform now on the twenty ninth of march he had defended the offices of the press when the chamber was invaded he distinguished himself by his courage and he was at the banquet given to the national guards at amiens Cusinet, who was still on duty with him availed himself of his flask and his cigars but irreverent by nature he delighted in contradicting him disparaging the somewhat inaccurate style of the decrees and decrying the conferences at the luxembourg the women known as the Vien, the political section bearing the name of tyrolean everything in fact down to the car of agriculture drawn by horses to the ox market and escorted by ill-favoured young girls arnoux on the other hand was the upholder of authority and dreamed of uniting the different parties however his own affairs had taken an unfavourable turn and he was more or less anxious about them he was not much troubled about frederick's relations with the marechal for this discovery made him feel justified in his conscience in withdrawing the allowance which he had renewed since the prince had left her he pleaded by way of excuse for this step the embarrassed condition in which he found himself uttered many lamentations and rosinette was generous the result was that m arnoux regarded himself as the lover who appealed entirely to the heart an idea that raised him in his own estimation and made him feel young again having no doubt that frederick was paying the marechal 
he fancied that he was playing a nice trick on that young man even called at the house in such a stealthy fashion as to keep the other in ignorance of the fact and when they happened to meet left the coast clear for him frederick was not pleased with this partnership and his rival's politeness seemed only an elaborate piece of sarcasm but by taking offence at it he would have removed from his path every opportunity of ever finding his way back to madame arnoux and then this was the only means whereby he could hear about her movements the earthenware dealer in accordance with his usual practice or perhaps with some cunning design recalled her readily in the course of conversation and asked him why he no longer came to see her frederick having exhausted every excuse he could frame assured him that he had called several times to see madame arnoux but without success arnoux was convinced that this was so for he had often referred in an eager tone at home to the absence of their friend and she had invariably replied that she was out when he called so that these two lies in place of contradicting corroborated each other the young man's gentle ways and the pleasure of finding a dupe in him made arnoux like him all the better he carried familiarity to its extreme limits not through disdain but through assurance one day he wrote saying that very urgent business compelled him to be away in the country for twenty-four hours he begged of the young man to mount guard in his stead frederick dared not refuse so he repaired to the guard-house in the place du carousel he had to submit to the society of the national guards and with the exception of a sugar refiner a witty fellow who drank to an inordinate extent they all appeared to him more stupid than their cartridge boxes the principal subject of conversation amongst them was the substitution of sashes for belts others declaimed against the national workshops one man said where are we going the man to whom the words had been addressed opened his eyes as if he were standing on the verge of an abyss where are we going then one who was more daring than the rest exclaimed it cannot last it must come to an end and as the same kind of talk went on till night frederick was bored to death great was his surprise when at eleven o'clock he suddenly beheld arnoux who immediately explained that he had hurried back to set him at liberty having disposed of his own business the fact was that he had no business to transact the whole thing was an invention to enable him to spend twenty-four hours alone with rosinette but the worthy arnoux had placed too much confidence in his own powers so that now in the state of lassitude which was the result he was seized with remorse he had come to thank frederick and to invite him to have some supper a thousand thanks i'm not hungry all i want is to go to bed a reason the more for having a snack together how flabby you are one does not go home at such an hour as this it is too late it would be dangerous frederick once more yielded arnoux was quite a favourite with his brethren in arms who had not expected to see him and he was a particular crony of the refiner they were all fond of him and he was such a good fellow that he was sorry Houssonet was not there but he wanted to shut his eyes for one minute no longer sit down beside me said he to frederick stretching himself on the camp bed without taking off his belt and straps through fear of an alarm in spite of the regulation he even kept his gun in his hand then stammered out some words my darling my little angel and ere long was fast asleep those who had been talking to each other became silent and gradually there was a deep silence in the guard-house frederick tormented by the fleas kept staring about him the wall painted yellow had halfway up a long shelf on which the knapsacks formed a succession of little humps while underneath the muskets which had the colour of lead rose up side by side and there could be heard a succession of snores produced by the national guards whose stomachs were outlined through the darkness in a confused fashion on the top of the stove stood an empty bottle of some plates three straw chairs were drawn around the table on which a pack of cards was displayed a drum in the middle of the bench let its strap hang down 
a warm breath of air making its way through the door caused the lamp to smoke arnu slept with his two arms wide apart and as his gun was placed in a slightly crooked position with the butt end downward the mouth of the barrel came up right under his arm frederick noticed this and was alarmed but no i'm wrong there's nothing to be afraid of and yet suppose he met his death and immediately pictures unrolled themselves before his mind in endless succession he saw himself with her at night in a post-chaise then on a river's bank on a summer's evening and under the reflection of a lamp at home in their own house he even fixed his attention on household expenses and domestic arrangements contemplating feeling already his happiness between his hands and in order to realize it all that was needed was that the cock of the gun should rise the end of it could be pushed with one's toe the gun would go off it would be a mere accident nothing more end of chapter fourteen part two